Let's pray together, please. This is a hard saying, oh God. Perhaps we should have let the children out before we read it. But we trust that your Holy Spirit will take words of scripture and words of sermon, words of song and words of community, and through them speak the word that we need to hear for this particular time and place, for us individually and corporately. Make us your body, your community of faith. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. I've told the story before about the mother who went in one Sunday morning to awaken her son to go to church. Get up, son, she said, it's time to go to church. The son pulled the covers over his head and said, I don't want to go to church. Do I, do we have to go to church? Every Sunday it's boring and the people are mean to me there. The mother said, son, I'm going to give you three reasons why you need to go to church this morning. One is, we always go to church. Secondly, it's good for you. And third, you're the pastor of the church. Now, get up, it's time for church. The fact is that fewer people are going to church these days. And those who go, and you know who you are, go less frequently. And I'm wondering... With the weather, with this wacky weather where it's uh, warmer, where they're holding the Winter Olympics than it is in Florida, and with the event that happened this week in Bowling Green where the earth opened and swallowed, of all things, vintage Corvette cattle, Corvettes, the icon of the American automobile industry, you wonder, is God trying to get our attention? Got mine. Is it a call to come back to church? Seriously, why Why do we need church? Why do we do this? I must tell you that as a company man, this question calls for some soul searching within me. To ask why communities of faith are vital to people's lives. Are they? Or am I just pushing a party line here? Is this just about job security or about tradition. Our Roman Catholic friends say there is no salvation outside the church. And some of us have uh, poo-pooed that idea thinking that they were talking literally that God was somehow going to reject you if you weren't a Roman Catholic. But I think what they were saying is much what Jesus said when he said where two or three are gathered in my name There I am in the midst of them. In other words, to fully know the deepest truths, to discover the way of faith, takes a community of faith. Those people who are interrelated intentionally and regularly to engage and experience this sacredness of life, to connect with the divine and to understand the mysteries of God, not just at a superficial level, but at an ever deeper level within our souls and within this world. And so this month and last month, we've been looking at our church mission statement who includes this phrase, community of faith. Both community and faith are vital in this statement of our mission. 
to be a community. People who intentionally gathered, two or three gathered in my name, as Jesus said. But not just any gathering, but to gather around the things of faith. To be open to more. To be open to the mysteries of life, to the divine connection of all things, and to allow it to change us. That's what it means to have faith. It's not believing propositions about God or Jesus. It's about really letting Jesus shape who we are individually and as a community. I'm going to argue today that we need each other. We need this community of faith to understand the wisdom and the way of Jesus. We read this morning from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew Chapter 5, it's a beautiful passage. Many of you have heard it time and again. But if you listen carefully to what Jesus says in Matthew 5, you recognize that there's a paradox present. A paradox. Two truths, both true, but when put together, appear to be in conflict with each other. On the one hand, Jesus says... Grace is a gift that comes to you. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. It's a gift. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. There's nothing you've done to earn or deserve it. It's just by virtue of your birth. In the 930 service, we got to dedicate little Thomas Vesper Dordery, beautiful child who just by his presence reminds us, grace is a gift. We say to the child, Before you were born, God loved you. It's all a gift. On the other hand, we heard from this very same Sermon on the Mount, the words, unless your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, it is about our intention, our action, our deed, the words inscribed over the window, over the doors as you leave, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So which is it? It is the community of faith that gives us the capacity to hold these two truths in a creative tension, in a polarity that work with each other. The gift part, the work part. And it's not like you can get it down one time and say, oh, I've got this grace and works thing nailed. For life is always changing. And it takes the community to help you as an individual, to help us as a body, know whether we need to focus today on grace or on works, to what, how do we find that sort of sweet spot, that mix of the two, that come together in a miraculous way to liberate us And at the same time, call us to the work. To set us free and to make us servants of the Lord. It takes a community thinking and praying and discerning together to know that deepest truth. We can't understand the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, I would say we can't understand faith fully by ourselves. You've seen some of these car commercials that have a little disclaimer at the bottom. 
The one where the car's going up the side of the building and they write at the bottom, cars don't go up buildings. Thank you for that. Or the one where the car is bursting through an enormous birthday cake and it says, simulation, do not attempt on your own. I don't know whether to be insulted by that or to be worried about humanity that they feel like they have to put that at the bottom of the, of the ad. But I think that church needs to have a kind, the same kind of disclaimer. That the Christian life needs to come with a, a disclaimer that says, warning, do not attempt this on your own. It takes the body, the community of faith, To help us be who God is calling us to be. That's why when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, when he said you, he wasn't talking individually. You and you and you. He was saying all of us. You all, as they say in Texas. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It is the community of faith that reminds us again and again of who we are. For the reality is we forget it. We can come to church on Sunday morning. We can have the best of intentions. We can sit in the mornings and have our time of prayer and we can get up from that moment of prayer and forget who we are. Something distracts. Something discourages. Something disgusts us and we're, we're off the game. We forget who we are. My friend Kyle Childress is a pastor in East Texas. He's sort of a, a renegade Baptist who, frankly, doesn't uh, connect very well with the other white churches in town. So he finds his kinship with the African American community and the, the Black Pastors Alliance. He goes once a month to their meetings. He says they're a lot more fun. Um, imagine that. And they welcome Kyle with open arms. He's a great guy. They like to tease him, though. Reverend, they'll say, how is it that you all get church finished by 12 o'clock? I mean, one hour? We're just getting warmed up in our church. And so Kyle would kind of give it back to him and say, well, what's up with you all that you can't get it done in one hour? They usually laugh, but one day... One of the clergymen said to him, Reverend, I'm going to tell you why it takes us a little bit longer. He said, six days a week, the world tells us who we are. The world gets to dictate the message that we receive. And here's what the world says to us. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not rich enough. You're not white enough. You don't live in the right part of town. And all that you do is a failure. In fact, the only way you can succeed is maybe in the bedroom or out on the street or in an athletic competition. Six days a week, that's the message that the world says to us. That's why we need more than one hour on that seventh day to make sure our people know who they are. That they're children of God that they have infinite worth, that they've got the capacity to do the work of love in this world. It takes us a while to get that message and reprogram our people. Listen, that's not just the black church. 
That's the messages that you and I have heard as well. In direct and in subtle ways, you and I have been told that who we are is not good enough. That who we are is not powerful enough. That you don't have enough money. That your home's not right. That your parenting is poor. On and on the messages go. And between a world that doesn't care about the gospel and so many churches that distort the gospel, it's really easy to lose track. And so we come together on this first day of the week to remind ourselves, don't give up. Don't give up. The world is violent. The world is greedy. There are stories of wars in Syria, of pain at every turn. In the last uh, service of worship, while Austin played softly, praise to the Lord, the siren began to, to sound outside, and it began to drown out the music inside. Such a symbol of the world we live in. But once a week we get together to say, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. It's a temptation to give in, to just go bowling, to discard the gospel and live like others do. There's a powerful story at the end of John chapter 6 where Jesus has been preaching the gospel to people and John reports many of them began to be discouraged and to leave Jesus. Jesus turned to the 12 disciples and said, what about you? Do you also want to go? Simon Peter spoke for the group. And I hope he speaks for you. When he said, Lord, where else would we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. And we believed and have come to know that you're the Holy One of God. Don't get discouraged. The community of faith encourages us in this way. It's a community of care. A community that's not just about conformity. It's about compassion and care for all people, no matter where you find yourself. We can't fix everything. But we can connect you to the one who will love you and heal you in ways that only God can heal. We'll be there with you. When I was younger, we would read to our children from the, the book Winnie the Pooh. One of my favorite stories or scenes from Winnie the Pooh is the story when Pooh goes to visit Rabbit in his lair. Winnie the Pooh squeezes through the rabbit hole to visit. He's really pretty hungry, and that's why he's come. And so eventually he asks Rabbit, do you have anything to eat? Well, yes, says Rabbit, who seeks to be a good host. He says, I've got some bread. He said, would you like honey or condensed milk with your bread? Both, said Pooh. But then, not wanting to be greedy, he said, but you don't have to bring the bread. (laughs) Pooh eats and eats. He eats all the condensed milk. He eats all of the honey, licking the pot dry. And then when finally it's all gone, he says, well, I must be on my way. But when he goes to leave, you know the story. He gets stuck in the rabbit hole. He can go neither out nor back in. 
Oh my, says Rabbit. He races to find Christopher Robin, who comes back and tries to pull Pooh out of the rabbit hole. And finally says, well, we're just going to have to wait till you get thin again. How long does getting thin take, asks Pooh. Oh, about a week. A week? I can't wait here a week. Rabbit said, you can stay here all right, silly old bear. It's getting out that's difficult. What will I eat, asked Pooh. Oh, there'll be no food. That's part of getting thin. Bear begins to sigh, but realizes that he can't because he's so tightly stuck. A tear rolls down his face as he says, Then would you read a sustaining book, such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness? The church, the community of faith, are the people who read those sustaining stories. When you and I find ourselves in a great tightness, wedged, no movement forward, no movement back. You've been there. I've been there. If we've been there as a community, it is the sustaining book, the good gift of God, that we read and wrestle with and wonder about and listen for as a community of faith Together, it's who we are. We're the children of God, called to bring this light of love to each other and to the world, to live and to love and to liberate ourselves and others in this unique Jesus way. Martin Laird wrote, the problem is that you don't know who you are. Here's who you are. You are a ray of God's own light. You say you seek God, but a ray of light doesn't seek the sun. It comes from the sun. You are a branch on the vine of God. A branch doesn't seek the vine. It's already part of the vine. A wave doesn't look for the ocean. It's already full of ocean, which is to say, God is among us. God is here. You don't have to go as the... Deuteronomy said, you don't have to go across the sea to find it. It's right here, closer than our own breaths. The community of faith invites us to hear it again and again. To say it over and over until it becomes part of who we are. This isn't navel-gazing. Unless you consider it Spiritual navel-gazing. Realizing our source. Realizing we're not on our own. That something preceded us. And then going out and living the fullness of the life that God desires. That's why we end every service by saying these words. We end this form of worship to begin again what? The worship that is our very lives. Maybe we need to have one of those car ad disclaimers here at the beginning of our service. Warning. This service is merely a door into the transformed life of Jesus Christ. All are welcomed. 
But be prepared to be changed to the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Do change us, O God. Send Holy Spirit among us that we might know deeply who we are and the work that is ours to do. Give us now and always the great wisdom to receive faith as grace and gift and to work out, as it said of old, our salvation with fear and trembling. Thank you for the community of faith, this one in particular, but all of your people of God who support and sustain each other in this way and truth and life that is your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. And so this morning we are invited to make our responses We do so by singing a hymn. It is our declaration of faith that we are God's people. Let us sing ourselves into who we are called to be. And as we do so, we invite those who feel so led to come and be part of this work of Highland Baptist Church. Stand with me as God's people.